He's Texas only local news radio, 600 AM and 97.5 FM, KTBB. Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims. With us this morning, the music director and conductor of the East Texas Symphony Orchestra, Richard Lee. Lots to talk about today. Yes. A lot of ground to cover. Good morning, Richard. Great Good to morning. have you with us. Thank you. First of all, just a reminder, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus. InFocus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. Richard, been on the job since 2012. Yes. Lived in Tyler now for the last eight months after commuting between Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and uh-huh. Tyler for a few years. And we'll talk about you in a minute. We want to give, to give folks a chance to get to know you, what you're all about, what you bring Great. to the table here in Tyler. But first of all, you're, you have a mission statement, and you can go to the website, etso.org, and check that out. But um, your personal take on what you feel the mission of the orchestra is. <laughs> I mean, there's no alliteration in my personal mission statement, but you, it, it's twofold. Obviously, there's the financial and aspirational benefit the orchestra provides to have an orchestra of our quality the ETSO's quality in Tyler is a good thing uh, it draws interest tourism um, it puts uh, you know certainly hotel rooms and restaurants we're, we're good for the economy and that's clear and there are certainly studies that point to that but more importantly to me we have to remember how important beautiful things are and you know essentially at the simplest level we are the purveyor of beautiful sounds. Um, I, I would dare say more beautiful than most other sounds that other people purvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's important to me, you know, to maintain this Western cultural tradition of classical music. Um, it, it's a mission that is becoming harder and harder, but it's a mission that is important because the music remains as, as, as impressive and as important and as fundamentally life-affirming as it was when it was composed. So for me to propagate this music is extremely important. Um, And uh, that's essentially why we're here, and that's why the orchestra exists at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, You mentioned that it's getting harder and harder. I kind of wanted to um, quiz you a bit on that. What makes it more difficult and more challenging for you? uh, There are so many answers. I think essentially it's two things. Um, we certainly live in the era, good or bad, where attention spans are lessening, um, mm-hmm. where we are more capable of multitasking, but we are less capable of sort of focusing on a program of music that, say, lasts 80 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, that's just not something that people are wired or conditioned to do anymore. And I think the other thing that we forget is that the era of universal music education in the classroom is long gone. It's probably two or three generations. You probably went to school with music ed classes and music appreciation oh, classes. Oh, sure. That, that's, that's relatively rare now, uh, where your teacher would go to the classroom, put on a record, or make you listen to it and ask you questions. And th- while I don't necessarily think that that's a way to teach classical music, it certainly gave everyone in this country some sort of basis to understand the great music of our culture. I mean, it's mind-boggling to me that, you know, high schools still require students to read Shakespeare and Steinbeck and all these great classics of literature, but when it comes to music, that's considered an option, and to me, they're equivalent. They're just mm-hmm. as important to the to the survival of this culture artistically Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think 
it's been a long time since anyone's really thought about how it is that music is important and how it reflects what we do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's a big problem, uh, personally, is just the lack of universal access to music at schools. Mm-hmm. East Texas Symphony Orchestra, of course, based in Tyler. A mm-hmm. little bit of history. It started in 1936, went out of business for a few years during World War II. It was a, a lot of things. to go out of business, really, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, lot, a, lot of, a lot happened with a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, started back up for good in 1950. And you tell me that one of the things that impresses you about this orchestra is that longevity. Yeah. You know, it, it, orchestras are very fragile organizations, uh, they're unwieldy, they're expensive, they're large, and as I mentioned earlier, they're not to everyone's tastes. Um, for sure, it's not uh, something that people support readily, most people, I would say. It's changing in Tyler, by the way. I want to say that people of, of, of Tyler and East Texas are really coming to shows, and I think they're starting to get what the, what the ETS is about. Um, but to have an orchestra sort of uninterrupted last that long is is an impressive feat. Mm-hmm. It really, really, really is. I mean, if you go through the orchestra's history in any major city, you're, you're going to find little hiccups, mm-hmm. you know, where they essentially go bankrupt, restructure, and start over again, or they have a yeah. dormancy period because, you know, it, and orchestras are actually folding, you know, because, again, it's just something that is harder and harder to market to the general population these days. So the fact that we've been in, in existence for so long continuously is, is something that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to refer folks to your website, mm. ETSO.org. Lots of information. The full history of the orchestra is on there. And yep. as usual, long versions of the things we're going to be talking about in somewhat <laughs> right. short form today. So what about you? You came to Tyler, at least uh, on a part-time basis, in mm. 2012. Let's go back to uh, the early days when you were first auditioning yeah. and first really getting started all the way up through now up until your uh, very recent uh, establishment of residency here in Tyler. You came from Toronto, Canada. Right. That's where I grew up. Uh, when I applied for this job in 2011, I guess it was, yeah. uh, I was working in Winnipeg, uh, which is even further north. Um, even colder, if you could believe that. Mm, and I can, the, yeah. yeah it, it's, it was uh, a job that I didn't expect to necessarily get. You know, at that point in my life, I was applying to a gazillion jobs. Everything that I heard of, I applied to. And, you know, I, I still have my pile of rejection letters from that area. with mm. total probably about 70 or so. And so I was, I was really kind of, it was, I was working and I was happy, but I was certainly looking for... Um, a position where I was calling the shots in Winnipeg. Uh, I wasn't. I was the second conductor. I was the assistant. So um, to get that first job where you were the number one conductor, which I am here, uh, it, it's sort of a hard um, uh, threshold to break through. Um, so I, I sort of hadn't had a lot of success, and I didn't really necessarily hold out hope for success when I applied here. It just kind of worked out. I think what the ETSO was looking for was more close to me than lots of other people. They want someone younger. They want someone a little bit more dynamic, uh, a little bit more comfortable with talking, uh, with, the, with the social element of the job than my predecessor. Uh, I think they were looking for something, dare I say, exotic. You know, it was um, the search drew people from all over the place. There was a guy from, I think, North Dakota, there was me, 
There's a guy from Cali, I think. So it was really, they, they wanted someone to inject new life in the symphony. And the musicians, to their credit, want someone to make the orchestra sound better. Mm-hmm. And that's an important distinction. That, that's kind of me, you know. I'm just a regular guy. I like talking. I like meeting people. Uh, I love the music. Uh, and, but the most important thing is making sure that the orchestra plays the best it possibly can because, again, these are works of art that deserve our full and utmost attention uh, when we're playing them, when we're interpreting them. So mm-hmm. the orchestra was on board with that. They knew that they could be a lot better than they were at the time. And uh, so all the elements seem to fall into place. You know, the, the people who want someone social and gregarious and a good talker were happy with me. The musicians were happy with the fact that they really, you know, I really pushed them. Mm-hmm. Addition processes are tricky. Most of my colleagues will err on the side of being nice and generous and full of effusive praise. Because hmm. at the end of the day, they want to be hired. Yeah. Right? And the musicians get a vote. They get to choose, they get a say as to which of the candidates is engaged so a lot of orchestras a lot of conductors when they're auditioning for a job trying out for a job will be super fake nice to be blunt about it yeah but i wasn't it's like you know this is this is who i am either you like it or you don't and figure it out on your own but i ain't going to change what i do in order to get this job and i think that worked here because they they really needed uh, and wanted someone with my skill set so i it worked out and the commuting thing, I don't miss at all. I, I love living here because it always invariably took me at least nine hours to get here, you know, on three flights. Or right, yeah. Winnipeg isn't exactly a mecca of, you know, direct flights, so you'd have to transfer several times. And So the fact that I'm here um, makes me um, extremely, extremely happy. It takes me less time to get to work now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've obviously taken to Tyler. You like it here. It's a good market for what you're doing? I, I, yes. You know... Listen, the, the way I explain this, it doesn't matter whether you live in Tyler or Dallas or New York. When you perform a Beethoven symphony, you're performing a Beethoven symphony. Mm-hmm. It's the same work of art. It, this doesn't translate to, to, to visual art, for example. Right? If you want to see Starry Night, you can't go to Dallas to see Starry Night. You have to go to New York. You have to go to the Museum of Modern Art and stand in front of that thing because that's the only place where you're going to get that experience. Mm-hmm. But in our job, I mean, you can hear Beethoven Symphony in, in Tyler or Carthage, really, smaller places, you know, Huntsville, or you can hear them in, in Berlin, or you can hear them in London. Or you, it's exactly the same piece of music. It's exactly the same artwork. And I think uh, it doesn't, at the end of the day, I've heard one conductor use this analogy, you know, they're all cars. Some cars are reliable, more like a Corolla, and some cars are more mm-hmm. like a Cadillac, but it's still a car. It still yeah. gets you from point A to point B in exactly the same way. Um, the experience might be more pleasant working with a really fine orchestra, but it's still essentially the same experience. So I have no qualms about um, being in a sort of a smaller place um, because the, the end result's the same. Mm, okay. Uh, talking to Richard Lee, music director and conductor of the East Texas Symphony Orchestra. Mm. This is In Focus. I'm John Sims. Uh, let's move on now to a um, couple of upcoming concerts. I guess these will oh, be your point. last two concerts of the season. Coming up right. on March 25th, we have Invitation to the Dance, and as all your large 
concerts. I don't know if I'm using the exact terminology that you use in-house, but the the big ones, you yes. do have some performances maybe in Caldwell Auditorium or in Liberty Hall downtown, but right. your main venue is the UT Tyler Cowan Center, and Correct. that's where this one's going to be, 7.30 p.m. Tell us about this particular concert and what people can look forward to. One of the things I committed to doing when I got here and actually they were doing, even before I got here, something called a side-by-side. And some of the other workers do. But it's when they invite an amateur local group to perform alongside with the symphony. Mm-hmm. And this year, that local group happens to be one that I'm extremely fond of. And it's the Academy of Dance at Tyler Junior College. Ah. So we've asked them to come and share the stage with us. And actually, we've started the pro- they've been rehearsing for a while. And a couple of weeks ago, I went to check out their rehearsal. They look Great. I'm really, really pleased with how uh, the dancers are prepared, how seriously they're taking this. Um, so the collaboration with them is going to be, a, 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 I think, a very rewarding experience for them. And I certainly hope that the community will come out and support these young dancers because they ain't just prancing around randomly. They're really, really, really taking their craft seriously. And I applaud that. We also have a harpist playing with us, uh, Janelle Hector, who is our harpist, the ETSO's principal harpist. Mm -hmm. She'll be playing a piece with the orchestra as a soloist, uh, which is a very unusual thing. It's not an instrument that one gets to hear featured often, Mm -hmm. but it certainly is a beautiful instrument with great color. Uh, And we're playing pieces by Brahms and a brand new piece by an American composer, uh, Chris Theofinides. So... It's a it's a really great program with a lot of different kind of music with a dance element with a solo harp. So I think it's um it's a really pardon me a really interesting program. Uh, okay. I mean I certainly would come to this if I didn't have to. <laughs> okay, seven thirty p.m. March twenty fifth. Invitation to the dance with the East Texas Symphony Orchestra at your primary venue, the UT Tyler Cowan Center. The primary venue for so many things. Yes, we just had uh, Dr. Tidwell with UT Tyler on the show last week, and one of the things we probably didn't talk too much about was the Cowan Center, and it's just such a great venue for the orchestra and for so many other things right. happening in the community. It is. It's an important venue for the city for sure. Mm-hmm. You bet. And in a special feature. You're going to be announcing your 2017-2018 concert season at this concert as well. Oh, yes, and I'm so excited. I mean, we really talked about how the, 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 the earlier, before we went on air, the, the, the programming of the season. It's a, it's a tough job, um, but to get to announce it is a, is a lot of fun. And I can't, I can't go into details. We'll have to wait till mm-hmm. that concert um, to make it public, but it, it's a great season. Oh, my goodness, it's a great season. I love it. I think the public will love it. I think our ETSO patrons will love it, too. There's a lot. One of the things that I really make sure is that there's variety. You know, there's something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, that's important to me because a lot of people use, oh, it's classical music. I don't like classical music as a as sort of an excuse not to go. So I really try and combat that by pushing the boundaries of what an orchestra does um, so that there really is an excuse for those folks who say they're not into classical music. There's always a concert for everyone, and there will be uh, next season as well. I can promise that. You bet. Want to go? You want to go on March 25th, April 29th, which is your season finale, or do you want to go next year during this fantastic 2017-2018 season? You can find out how to get tickets and such like on the website, etso.org, and I'll read you some information right now. The East Texas Symphony Orchestra is downtown next to Liberty Hall, actually, at 107 East Irwin. That's right. And you can call 903-526-ETSO. That's 3876 for any and all information you could possibly want or need about the East Texas Symphony Orchestra. You can also email info at etso.org, and if you go online to the etso.org website, 
You can contact ETSO via that online form that you will see. Office hours, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday with occasional closures for lunch and board meetings. I'm guessing it's probably a better idea to call or email ahead just to be safe. It probably is. Yeah. yeah. It's a small staff, so it sometimes is uh, empty when we're off at meetings and that sort of thing. Okay. Richard Lee, our guest this morning on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Richard, the music director and conductor of the East Texas Symphony Orchestra. How do you go about programming a concert season? A lot of work has to go into this. It is a lot of work. And you know, the, the biggest problem is that there are competing interests. What I want, uh, what the public wants, not necessarily the same thing. What the musicians want, what the marketing department wants, uh, again, not the same thing. So it, it's really a matter of balancing these competing interests so that all the parties are relatively happy. No party is always completely happy, but there, <laughs> there are compromises. I mean, it really uh. essentially comes down to the musicians want new things they want challenging things they will don't want to play the the old war horses over and over again and the marketing department is exactly the opposite they want things that are familiar they want things that the audience will recognize um so to find a balance between those two two poles is always tough but <clears throat> you know what people don't realize is how far in advance we have to plan i mean this season's been essentially planned this season meaning 2018 uh, 2019. Or is it 2017 and 2018? I'm sorry, okay. 2017, 2018. Okay. I'm skipping ahead of myself. It's already done and has been done for several months. And in fact, I'm starting to think about 2018, 2019 okay. now because you just need to plan that far out to get... A big-name soloist will be booked a year, year and a half in advance. Mm-hmm. I remember calling a soloist who was a friend of mine... Uh, maybe not a friend, but someone I'd worked with before in Winnipeg, fantastic guy, and I said, well, look, I mean, we want you. And he said, well, I have exactly two dates next year. And he gave me the two dates that he had, and it was like a random Tuesday night and a random Thursday. Like, Mm -hmm. we can't do either of those. And this was, it wasn't last minute, you know, so the earlier you go, the better you have a chance at snatching the people that you want to come in and, and perform with you as a guest artist. So it's... It's a tough season. I mean, if we had more time, and I, you know, it's kind of hard to do on the radio, but there's a whole spreadsheet to make sure that, you know, the the right number of instruments are there, and that we haven't performed a piece before, you know, and that that we don't have always, you know, we have a balance of music. We don't have always, you know, Italian music or something. Yeah. So there are all sorts of things to think about, and uh, I have a lot of help. Um, there's a committee to form to assist me. My, our executive director is really fantastic. We've got a consultant who's fantastic too, who helps me program. But it's it's a tough job, mm-hmm. really hard. Uh, the importance of having a symphony orchestra in our community. We have kind of covered that early in the show. Were there any other points that you wanted to make to try and really drive that home a little bit more? Yeah. I, I mean, and again, I, I guess the point is for me is that you know, for those of you who come, you get it, and I appreciate that, and you understand the quality, and you understand the variety, and you understand kind of the, the level of music that we do, and the kind of music we do. For those of you who don't, I will say this, it's not what you think. It really is um, not as formal as you think, and not as fussy as you think. I will say it will demand your attention. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. Uh our pieces tend to be a little bit longer, a little bit more complex than, say, a three-and-a-half-minute pop tune. Mm-hmm. And let me just say this. That's a good thing. Uh, it, the, the analogy I'd like to use is you can't just have cotton candy all the time. Do I love cotton yeah. candy? Yes. 
Do I eat cotton candy? Yes. Do I eat cotton candy every day? No. And that's what I would say listening to current and modern pop is, like eating cotton candy. You you do it, but you got to balance that with the stuff that is more substantial and, dare I say, better for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Music that is written with more thought and intent and with the goal of actually making some sort of artistic statement and that stands a good chance being performed in a century from now. You know, this mm-hmm. is the, the sign of true artistic purpose and I think that's what we're trying to do. It, but having said all that, it ain't fussy. It's not formal. Uh, you can come in jeans. Uh, you can come as you are. You don't need to dress up. You just need to have an open mind, an open spirit. Come listen to some music. Uh, there are means to prepare you for that experience, too, um, online at our website, etso.org. Uh, various lectures that take place before the concert. But there really, really is something for everyone. You know, after church, just yesterday, or last week, I bumped into someone and said, I really love that Charlie Chaplin film you guys did two years ago. You do another one? And that struck me because, I mean, it was a long time ago we'd done the Chaplin film. And uh-huh. it, it sort of struck him as being something unusual and something memorable and it is and i said to him we're going to do another one soon be patient but the fact that the etso can present a charlie chapman film live with the score played live by the orchestras that's the kind of thing i want to make sure that we do some of this it still is part of the sort of the symphonic tradition that we're supposed to uphold but it is something that is accessible to everyone um but it's still quality mm-hmm. that's the key Quality, quality stuff that people will like and that people will understand. Um, I'm happy to provide all sorts of different experiences and different kinds of music within that um, context. Okay. New executive director, Vanessa yes. Gardner, the music director and uh, yes. conductor. You're, you're not the boss. You do have an executive director who yes. takes care of what, what exactly. Tell us a little bit about Vanessa Gardner and what she's responsible for. She's responsible for the administrative side. If I'm responsible for the artistic side, I choose the musicians, I choose the programs, I choose the guest artists, I, uh, all that sort of thing. Um, she's responsible for managing the staff, hiring staff, uh, having a grasp of the budget, making sure uh, that things are running smoothly, that's that's her job. And really, you know, I always joke, but this is true, you know, my job is to dream and to plan, and her job is to say, that ain't realistic, you got to figure something else out. Ah, right? That's okay. really what, how the foil or how the partnership works. Or, I guess sometimes the DD will say, that's a great idea, I'm on board, we can afford it, that sounds like a, that sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's one or the other, really. Um, but as I alluded to, uh, early to earlier when we were just chatting before, she's great because she is a great administrator. She's confident. She's got a lot of experience uh, off with the administrative side of things, but she's also a musician. So uh-huh. she understands classical orchestral music, and she loves it. And so I, I know, and she already is, she's doing a great job and because she's, she's an effective person at communicating what we do. That's important to me. More about Vanessa Gardner online at ETSO.org. Yes. I know she comes from Massachusetts with mm-hmm. a lot of qualifications. And you can read more about her on the website. Um, since we, again, do have a limited amount of time here sure. this morning, I'm beginning to really wish that we had more. But let's <laughs> spend some time now talking about your season finale. That's coming up April 29th, and it's called Back to the Beginning, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. So six years ago, I think we talked about this, I auditioned for this orchestra. And for a conductor, that means you're invited to prepare a concert um, and to do social things and go to dinner and have, you know, handshake time with various patrons, that sort of thing. It was a grueling week. 
but at the end of that week, there was a concert which featured a pianist by the name of Jan Leshetsky, uh, and it featured a symphony by Dvorak. Uh, and he, by the way, played a piece by Chopin, a Chopin piano concerto. Mm-hmm. So that program is going to be, in some sense, replicated, because Jan Leshetsky is coming back, and he is an incredible piano player. Incredible. Um, he's playing Chopin again, which is what he played, but the other Chopin piano concert, he played the second, this time he's playing the first. And we're also going to do a piece by Dvorak again, because okay. that's sort of what we did. So we're trying to echo that concert, and we're not replicating it exactly, because that would be kind of dull. But we're certainly maintaining some sort of pattern of consistency by doing Chopin, Dvorak, and having Jan back. So it's it's kind of a neat little twist uh, in terms of revisiting my first concert here six years ago. Okay, that's April 29th again at the UT Tyler Cowan Center, 7.30 p.m. And uh, the wrap-up to, uh, I think you said earlier, a five-concert series per year is basically what you do. At this point, yeah. You bet. And uh, down the road, further on, as the orchestra and as Tyler and East Texas grow, who knows what's going to happen. I want to spend the next few minutes hitting some topics that maybe we uh, haven't talked about yet, but I want to give their just due. Obviously, there's always a need for support, financial support. You can help out financially, of course, by buying tickets and attending the concerts. There are volunteer opportunities all the way from envelopes, stuffing to what have you. And you can find out more about that by um, calling 903-526-ETSO-3876. And there's also, if I can interject, a donate button on our website. So right. if you go to ESO.org, you can see the Donate Now button. Click on that, and we're happy to take your money. Okay. <laughs> I we cannot. we do need it. It's an expensive organization to run. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's a big orchestras. Our orchestra is sixty-seven people. They all get paid. So mm-hmm. um, you know the expenses that are involved are, are significant. Yeah, and definitely a shout out, if you will, to the Women's Symphony League. Oh, they help. Basically, so much. they are in a way the lifeblood of your organization. <laughs> and they have been for a long time. You know, they work. With, we the, their ball was just last weekend. Uh, so. Um, which is the the big fundraiser for them, and therefore the big fundraiser for us, and that that's an important event, actually an incredibly fun event. But it, from a financial standpoint, it really is an important thing. Uh, the WSL, we appreciate them very much. Okay, and you can find out more about them online as well. Just Facebook go to the, online. They got a website. They're, they're their own organized. website. Okay. They do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, just. Uh, Important to note here that uh, the musicians come from, what, maybe a 150-mile radius right around here over Dallas, Shreveport Way, places like that? Well, the way this works is we're a professional orchestra. We are governed by certain rules. And as a professional orchestra, we can't just willy-nilly just choose people to play. I want want my neighbor to play the cello because he's good. That's not the way it works. So they have to audition just like I did. Uh, The addition is even screened. That means the people selecting the musicians are at no point in time can see the person playing. So they put like this panel in front of you, uh, Mm. this, this, this wall in front of you, so you can't even identify the musician. You can only listen, and then you sort of choose the best musician of the day. So... This is this makes it tough to sort of favor certain things. Like if there's a local guy I want and that person tries out, I mean, you know, you it's anonymous. So the process is the best player wins the job, and that's the rule that governs all uh, professional orchestras. Uh, you have to try out and you have to be the best. So that means we do draw musicians from all over the place um, because we award the job to the best player that we find. 
Okay, and I guess the last major topic, and we'll kind of do a little bit of review after this. It's important for folks to know that ETSO is a nonprofit organization. Yes. That's going to play into things like uh, what we were talking about a minute ago, making donations, etc. Yeah, you get your your tax relief from that because we are we are a nonprofit, um, and. Uh, Listen, again, there is no Symphony Orchestra on the planet that is for profit. It's impossible, and this is not a bad thing. We have to remember that the Symphony Orchestra was always reliant on patronage, whether it was some rich duke or whether it was some archbishop that had lots of money. You know, you always had someone paying for this, Uh, and that evolved into something that was more like a governmental support. But in America, this is really, Symphony Orchestras are, are, are privately funded, organizations by and large um and that's uh, that's a real tough thing to do uh i wish we had a rich duke that would just pay all of our salaries that would be nice i would love that (laughs) uh but since that model doesn't seem to work anymore um we are really reliant on the generosity of the people who live in and around tyler uh, who come to concerts who enjoy concerts or even if they don't understand why it's important to have an orchestra uh alive and, and and kicking in this town um, we we do rely on, on their generosity, and so okay. I hope they continue to be generous. About a minute left in the show, and mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and kind of take the ball here. Just want to remind everybody, we've been talking to Richard Lee, the music director and conductor of the East Texas Symphony Orchestra. One of the big ones coming up real soon, the March 25th ETSO concert, Invitation to the Dance. That's at 7.30 p.m. on the 25th at the UT Tyler Cowan Center. Season finale, April 29th, also at the UT Tyler Cowan Center. That's called Back to the Beginning. Also starts at 7.30 and if you go on March 25th you get an early read on what's going to be happening during the 2017 and 2018 season. For more information, just easiest thing is to go to the website etso.org lots of information on there the young people's series which we didn't get a chance to talk about today Mm. you may want to look into that that's just one example but uh we're about out of time richard it's been a very enjoyable educational show for me we really appreciate your dropping by and visiting it's a pleasure thank you so much for having me you bet richard lee music director and conductor of the east texas symphony orchestra our guest this morning i'm john sims thank you for joining us and we will see you again as always next week on in focus Your only local news radio, 97.5 KTBB-FM, Troop Tyler Longview, KTBB-Tyler, and KTBB.com.